How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law, Thomas McCoy, and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. Very, very nice, Mark Stiles of Stiles Law. That was fantastic. How's, how's your day been? It's it's an interesting day today. First day of the month. Bunny, bunny, bunny. Great day. Fun first day. day. Yeah, day. first day of the month. April Fool's Day. Interesting. It's such an interesting thing. Tom, what's going on with you? How have you been? Well, I've been great. And today was a special day. I got my first shot of the Pfizer vaccine. Yeah. yeah. Nicely done. And my, That's... I'll tell you, my signal's been great, too, all day. I don't know what it is. But... <laughs> I love it. Very nice. Listen, I, I, we've got such an incredible show today. I want to get right to it, talking about the brain science and the evolutionary science of April Fool's. April Fool's. Tom, could you please introduce our guest? No. Okay. He's a professor of psychology as well as founding director of evolutionary studies at the State University of New York at New Paltz. He's taught several courses at the undergraduate and graduate levels, including statistics, social psychology, and evolutionary psychology, and has won the New Paltz Alumni Association's Distinguished Teacher of the Year Award along with Chancellor's Awards for both teaching and research excellence from the State University of New York. He's also won an award for outstanding academic advising from NACADA, the Global Organization for Outstanding Advising. His research generally focuses on how Darwin's big idea can shed light on issues of human behavior specifically and on the human experience more broadly. Welcome back to the show, Steve Carell. Oh, uh, oh, uh, Glenn Gare, welcome back. Yeah, hey, thank you, thank you so much, Tom. Oh thank my you so gosh. much, guys, for being here. It, I love Steve Carell, by the way. Yeah, it's wonderful having you back, Steve Carell. It's yeah, one of our heroes. So, um, I, I thought that we could uh, we could start off just by talking about the day, but but the different kind of pranks that have been played on us or maybe we have played on others um anybody do anything today professor why don't you start sure yeah i i, I got my students well let me talk about one in the past because the one from today is kind of mid it's stream still going mid- that sounds good to me <laughs> love it um, love it that's but I'll, right. I'll tell you one of that probably my 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 best one um i'll tell you after april fool's day my favorite holiday is of course halloween and uh, the requirement is you're dressing up if you're coming into my class on Halloween, and I dress up. And last year, I dressed up as Pennywise the Dancing Clown from Stephen King's It. Mm. I happened to be handing back exams that day. So for the first five minutes I put on from YouTube, I put on this really creepy trailer from the movie. 
I had the lights off and I, without saying a peep, I was just dressed up as Pennywise handing out the exams. <laughs> My student Jackie goes to the bathroom during this. I hide behind the door. <laughs> everyone there is watching. She came in and I jump scared the heck out of her. And I think <laughs> she still hates me for it. <laughs> Love it. It was worth it. Absolutely. It's such an interesting experience to, to prank someone. Mark, what about you? Do anything today? I didn't, but we have our, our team call every morning at 930 and one of our team members pranked our, one of our entire departments and, uh, and deadpanned it, deadpanned it. She says, um, uh, her name is Christine, and she says, Ben, I don't know how to say this, but we have a closing today that we didn't know about, and we just got the time, and you could just feel everyone's, like, heart sink, like, oh, no, everyone has to drop everything and scramble to, you know, <laughs> how are we going to do this? Is this going to work? Oh. And then she said, April Fool's Day, and we were all like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was because of the delivery and because of who it was coming from. It was so believable, and it was possible that it could happen, but very improbable, right? It had right. never happened, but yet it was possible that it could happen. It was believable enough to get everyone's adrenaline rushing, and then, just kidding, and yeah. you're like, oh. Right, and the, le and the leader of that team didn't love it either because it's funny. I checked in with him later in the day, and I'm like, wow, she really got it. He's like, I'm not really – I wasn't psyched about that. I'm like, buddy, come on. He's like, I got enough stress. And I'm like, listen, those things make you feel alive, right? That's that moment where, you know, you're so close to the edge of the cliff that you yeah. you feel alive when somebody does that to you. Right. I, I don't know what the chemical is, and I can't wait to hear about it. Definitely yeah, adrenaline. So, Professor, what, what is some of the neuroscience behind all of this? What is the behavioral component? Sure. Well, you know, um, as you recall, Joe, um, you and I met a little more than a year ago when we were on a panel regarding the psychology and science regarding humor. And, you know, humor is a pretty unique feature of the human experience. I don't think turtles and, and frogs and other species tend, tend to have humor. Um, and there's a lot there's a lot to it there's a lot to unpack and i think it's a very foundational part of human social interactions um it includes surprise right so surprise related jokes tend to be um you know right up there the human mind and the human brain really responds very much to deviations from expectations in any capacity so if you're kind of expecting X and all of a sudden Y emerges, and especially if Y is presented in a believable sense, we really e evolved, I would say, to react. So if there's something very different than what was supposed to happen, our minds are super sensitive to that. Um, a lot of neuroscientists do what they call oddball tasks, where they look at brain waves um, when someone's looking at the same stimulus, and then they change the stimulus just a little bit, and suddenly there's a huge shift in a variety of, of brain waves suggesting that the brain really is highly attuned to wait that wasn't supposed to happen and a good prank has exactly that attribute that someone's expecting this and all of a sudden it's like oh noodles it's it's this instead and now i got to deal with that and it, it really is um it's it's such a great um thing to do because you're hijacking our evolved psychology you know we evolved to 
respond strongly and differently to something very surprising. And so a really good prank just capitalizes on that. That's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Because we are designed, our brains are designed to, to compare sets of information. Something is unexpected. We absolutely alert to it. Absolutely going to alert to it. And and the idea that, that we can that we can actually create and influence that in other people um, is also really, I mean, there's something sinister about it too, in some ways, you know, but I got to admit, it's been one of my favorite holidays forever. And as the, as the chief medical officer or medical director of many programs, I love sending out memos uh, on April 1st. Um, one of them was um, at, at High Point when I was medical director at High Point, which is an uh, addiction treatment program. I, I sent a memo out from, you know, our, our, the head of our whole division saying, you know, we think that there's, there's actually something really quite hypocritical about this, and it's not people's high point at all. It's their low point uh, for addiction. So we're actually changing our name to to low point. Um, so that was one of the things. So, um, did you hear that? What, what was that? Someone on the phone? Ben, did we get a caller? Hello. Hello. We have a caller Hello? calling in. Y yes. You're welcome. You're on the Dr. Joe show. Who are we speaking with? Oh yeah. Hi, this is Jonathan. Thanks for taking my call. Long time listener, first time caller. So first off, love your show. Feel like when I listen to 660, the fan, you guys are literally talking about me, uh, you know, the fan. So what are the talk about the New York Jets? Uh, they don't know how to dress the quarterback to save their life. The last time they had anyone respectable was Joe Namath, and I'm pretty sure he could still throw out uh, you know, Sam Darnold. Yeah, we'll take a guess. Since 2014, how many times do you think the Jets have drafted a quarterback? Go ahead. Think again. Uh, Go ahead. Um, five times. Five times. Uh, I mean, five. I, I, considering <laughs> I've been a season ticket holder for several years, I think well, that they, uh, you know, they refuse to answer my emails. I'm hoping they hear my uh, voice on this brilliant sports well, talk radio show. Well, 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 I'll well, hang up and listen. Thanks so much. Uh, Goodbye. Um, whoa. Mm. I, I think it could... I think he got the wrong show. So 660 The Fan. He thought he was called 660 The Fan. Six, but that's really interesting about uh, Joe Namath. And well, he was the last big quarterback times. from the Jets. <laughs> so, um, sorry about that, uh, caller. But uh, I think you mean, probably need to check your phone number because... Well, he um, listening to 660 Fan, so I don't think he hears you. Oh. <laughs> what is 660 Fan? That's a big sports radio station out of New York City. Like the biggest huh. in the world. Out of New York City? Yeah, it's a New York City sports uh, call-in radio. They just yell at each other. It's it's classic, classic stuff. Seems like he kind of missed the, uh, the the genre and the city as well at the same time, that guy. Yeah. yeah both, yeah. I, I think it's actually, you know, I, I don't think I've ever really uh, have been at a loss for words on the Dr. Joe show. But <laughs> you were trying to interrupt him. You were like, I, uh, I, um, I uh, was. I, I mean, okay, great. Well, um, so let's get back to to the discussion. We're talking about about uh, 
April Fool's jokes, and we're talking about some of the neuroscience of pranking with our professor. Um, so where do you think this actually might have started from an evolutionary point of view? Do we have any idea why? Well, you know, there's, there's definitely people that do research on um, humor and creativity from an evolutionary perspective. And one of the theories, one of the ideas out there is that in, in humans, compared to any other um, primate species, we really evolved to be creative. And that's partly because humans ended up being in all kinds of parts of the globe, which are different from where our ancestors evolved. So we needed to deal with what we might call evolutionarily novel kinds of situations, new kinds of climates, new kinds of predators and prey animals, new kinds of vegetation. Um, and we needed clothing, you know, which is something that other organisms, other animals don't necessarily have. So you need to be creative to figure out the tools to make clothing and how to decorate. And so at some early point in human evolutionary history, um, people really, I would say, evolved to be creative. One interesting example of this is that um, the earliest weapons, which were just simple um, stone-made hand axes, going back more than two million years, were actually... Um, decorated. So like indices of creativity, which I think come out in pranks, go very back deep into our, our history. Very interesting. Very interesting. I, I, I can almost imagine, you know, one of the early, early pranks of somebody, you know, making a stone tool out of something other than a stone and giving it to their colleague or do you think there's sort of a survival aspect of it, like testing someone's preparedness? Sure. I mean, I think the way that someone responds is always very telling. You know, you could tell a lot about a person. If someone gets like, you know, you can look at their emotional reaction. Are they appropriately upset? Are they overly upset? Um, do they get the joke in, in, in the first place? Do they understand that it's benign? Maybe it kind of helps people sort of stay connected with one another as well. You know, there's... One prank that I do, it's always the second day of my class, no matter what the class is, and I start class by saying, any questions before the exam? Students <laughs> who've had me before, they just groan, and they kind of know it, and all the other students look at each other like, oh, my God, what's going on? You know, but then then we just kind of downplay it into fusion, and, that, and I think students kind of generally take that as, okay, this is going to be like a fun not super pressure kind of right. course situation, you know. And, and, and I certainly use humor a lot in in my work with patients. I mean, a lot. I mean, one, one of my favorite lines is, you know, somebody will say, well, you know, my other psychiatrist never listened to me. And I'll say, what? <laughs> my other, I'm saying, I'm just, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, and they sort of diffuse. Right, right. But absolutely. It's definitely um, a diffusing process when you utilize humor properly, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's that humor. connectedness you're talking about. Yeah, and, and it 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 does, you know, if it's used correctly, it can really shift a brain from anger to humor. I mean, it's it's really interesting. I I, I say this story multiple times, and I hope my wife Carol doesn't mind, but you know, we've been married a long time, and we we really don't argue very much. But we had a very rare argument, and um, somewhere in the middle of this argument, Carol turns to me and she says, "Well, I'm I'm sorry I make your life so miserable." Now, I'm I'm just saying to all the husbands out there and people with partners, um, this 
is a very dangerous moment because you have to choose your response very carefully. So she says, I'm sorry I make your life so miserable. And I said to her, I, I never I never said you made my life miserable. Which point Carol says, well, we'll see about that. Hmm. It was great. And we started laughing. I mean, it was just great. You know, the, the timing was was terrific. And I, I think my kids, you know, really know and have used humor a lot. It's it's such an important part. But pranking takes this humor to a different sort of level because who's who's really enjoying this joke? Right. You know, I mean the person who's being pranked, if they've got a good sense of humor, they'll enjoy it later. But at that moment in time, um it can be startling. We, today at, at my job, I'm chief medical officer of Riverside Community Care. And um, I had our quality manager, our vice president of quality, was able to get a memo out for me. So if it had come from me to our leadership team, no one would have believed it because they know me. But coming from her, it starts off saying, you know, in this time of COVID, we really had to expand our services and we are now all over the state. And the name Riverside doesn't really reflect what we are doing anymore. So we want to thank everybody who's written in to the renamed Riverside Task Force, um, the different choices, and we've cut it down to three. We're either going to be Oceanside because we really have expanded to the shores, Mountainside because we've expanded all the way up north and over west, uh, or Lakeside because we really are, are helping people on so many of the lakes throughout Massachusetts and in our leadership meeting this morning because they all got it last night and they were asked to choose for this morning people were saying things like you know we can't do this I mean there's a branding thing there's a there's you know there's all sorts of insurance things that are going to be happening and somebody else who was you know part of our marketing said I don't know why they didn't select me for this committee you know I'm really kind of annoyed they didn't select me for the committee and by within a few minutes people started really learning and then this one guy says well i i'm not sure why you know i think we should do oceanside if we're going to change our name at all because he 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 still completely believed it didn't see that anybody else was joking so i guess you have to be there yeah i think he's i think he's listening right now ben's uh, switchboard's lighting up ben says we have another caller yeah that's unusual uh, hello, you're on the Dr. Joe show. Yeah, hi, you yeah, hi, you're on the air. Yes, yes, you're on the oh, air. Oh, uh, come on. Okay. Hi, you're on the Dr. Great. Joe show. I, I, geez, thanks so much for taking my call. Listen, I'm really yeah. peeved. I mean, I'm really peeved. You know, here I am, sitting in my bubble for months on end, anticipating opening day baseball for the New York Mets. And what happens? The day gets postponed because some bozo decided to go and catch COVID. I swear to God, if the New York Mets could catch fly balls like the team catches COVID, um, we'd be World Series champs tomorrow. I mean, I'm not even I'm not even talking about like a complete 162 game season. I'm talking uh, end of the season tomorrow because the Mets are so good at catching fly balls. You see my analogy? I swear, we gotta get the team from 1983 back together. Sure, they finished sixth in the NL East, but I tell you, Ron Hodges and Mookie Wilson were some of the best players to play the game. Um, we got Ron and Mookie back out there. We're going to be going places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. They're like ancient mummies or something, but I swear. They'd bring a spot to the team, and they sure as hell wouldn't get no COVID. I'm going to hang up and listen. Thanks a bunch, guys.
One sec, wait, wait, before you go, wait. Was that Adam Sandler? Oh. I like the hang up and listen part. Did our number get changed or something? Like, why are we getting new ben? callers? Ben, what's what's going on in, in studio there? How come we're getting uh, these uh, these callers from WFAN. New York? WFAN. I don't know. It's absolute pandemonium in here. All I know is that uh, of the five slots I have available, seven of them are blinking. I don't even know how the last two are possible. That's uh, a technical no. foul. That's possibly <laughs> a, a homicide. Mm. Well, um, you know, I, I can't, I can't help wondering what's going on there, Ben. Is this something that you're? Are you pulling this on us, Ben? Hey man, my jokes are practical, not technical. But were we were we starting to talk about our favorite all-time practical jokes? Because I got yeah. a good one from you got one. Let's hear. It goes back to probably nineteen ninety-seven. I was living in an apartment, and I had the grand idea of setting all the clocks forward on April first <laughs> by three hours. <laughs> and I woke up my roommate. I'm like, oh my God, dude, you're running late. We got, you got, showered all the way out the door into the car, turned on the engine, started to drive and was like, oh my God. <laughs> Changed all the clocks throughout the house. I was ready up and going. And yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. That's a good one. That was my That's a good one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Really Except good one. Glenn? Um, I don't know if this is a, an all-time best, but you know, sometimes with uh, with technology, you got to go with the flow. And in the world of Zoom, um, the one that I have kind of gravitated toward because it's very easy and it works every single time is um, whoever's last at the meeting. Let's say you got a meeting coming up with like 10, 10 people showing up. One time, poor Jacqueline, we did this to my student Jacqueline, my alum Jacqueline. Um, everyone, the rest of us were there, and she was coming and was going to be late. And I said, everyone, turn off your video, turn off your mute, and we're going to take two full minutes. No one's allowed to do anything, and we're just going to watch Jacqueline's reaction. <laughs> and she just sits there, and she's confused, and she's looking, and she's chatting, and two minutes of nothing. Oh, it works great every time. <laughs> That's, That's a good, a good one. one. Yeah. So I, what is I, it? What is it that flows through? So there's a predator and there's a prey a little bit with this, right? Yeah. Mm. Well, Come on, Glenn. Definitely. I mean, there's, you know, it's when when you're when you're the prankster, you know, you're getting you're getting someone. So, you know, I kind of feel like as long as it's it, it really depends so much if it's done in in good fun, in good right. faith, and in, in, in a fun, lighthearted kind of way. I mean, pranks can be could could potentially be quite mean. You know, there right. certainly has that potential. Um, and so, I think the trick, depending on what your goal is, I think the trick is to 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 take that away and to diffuse the meanness and to make it more about uh, about fun and and connection um I'll, I'll tell you my favorite tv show and i guess i'm kind of outing myself a bit on this is impractical jokers yeah. and i'm gonna say i think that those guys nail they walk that line really well it's very rare that they actually offend someone but they always almost offend someone um you, you know so it's kind of like going up up to that line and and making the prank that ultimately happens done in some way that like gets the person off guard but doesn't really make absolute upset or anger or sadness or whatever the negative affective responses can be and i feel like those those guys from staten island have it down perfect yeah it's a funny show and then there was candid camera i mean Correct. remember 
yeah. candid camera. I mean, I know that I'm dating myself. My my daughter told me a candid camera story. Uh, Alan Funt apparently was was on an airplane that was being hijacked. It was literally being hijacked. Um, and people knew that Alan Funt was on the plane and they didn't believe it. <laughs> and they were laughing. And at one point, the, you know, the captain says, you know, folks, we're, we're being hijacked. We're being taken to Cuba. Um, please, you know, and, and they were just laughing and laughing. And then the hijackers came down with their guns and people was like, oh, this is really oh good. And then they, they landed in Cuba. And they were all arrested, and, and apparently they were furious with Alan Font, saying, you know, how could you do this? Says, I'm, I'm telling you, I had nothing to do with this. We were, we were hijacked. So sometimes our expectations, you know, if we're expecting a practical joke, um, we can be lured into it and not trigger the appropriate anxiety, the appropriate response uh, until it's too late. And, you know... This is, it's, it's a fascinating, fascinating part of our brain of how do we know what's true? You know, how do we, how do we know? How do we determine that? Um, that's maybe we, we can have a whole nother discussion on that because certainly that's been a big part in some ways of what's been going on in our world. Not necessarily an April Fool's joke, but here we are, April Fool's. I'm just wondering for our listeners and especially the folks on Facebook, <laughs> Uh, type it in. Send us send us your comments. Send us the April Fool's jokes that you may have done. Let us know what's been going on in your world, especially if anything's been happening today, because it's a great day for playing fun. Now it's different than Schadenfreude, right? Which is which is where we laugh at somebody else's misfortune. This is a, a different function. Is that? Fair to say, then? I mean, I didn't just throw the shine. I think that it. I think that sounds fair to say. This is um, it has a splash of that. I mean, you're you're kind of like trying intentionally to put someone in some kind of negative emotional state that they weren't expecting to be in. It might be um, like you know, we have a closing today. Like suddenly, that's like anxiety. Like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? Um, it, it, it might be fear. You know, like. Um, uh, Mark was talking about having done a, a jump scare on a, on a buddy one time before in the back of a, a car or back of a truck, you know, wow, you know, that's, wasn't expecting to be frightened out of my boots right now. So, so, you know, so there is that, that moment of like instilling some kind of a splash of negative emotion, um, but it's done in an intentional way. And it's done in a way that sort of is trying to minimize that as essentially as immediately as possible. I think that's one of the best pranks the best pranks really come around um, in terms of like just social interactions with people that are among friends, among family, that kind of thing, as opposed to just someone that you may or may not even know who just had something, you know, stepped on a rake and the rake hits them in the face. You know, we hate to say it, but that is always kind of funny. Um, but that's, you know, not necessarily an intentional prank done right. with one person trying to do something to someone else. Okay. Yeah. I think we got someone uh, here to share their prank story. What? We have another? What yeah. do you mean, Tom? Yeah, we get someone else on the line now. We've got another caller? Yeah, I mean, right. they... Yeah, hello. Can look up the... Hello, can you hear oh. me? Yep. Hello? Yes. Hello, you're... This yeah. is the okay. Dr. Joe right. Show. I, 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 I just want to make one thing clear. All right, the NHL offseason of the 1991 will go down wait, in wait internet. Go ahead and ask me why. 
The reason being is because when the New York Islanders let one of the greatest players ever go to the Buffalo Sabres, Pat Lafontaine to the Sabres? The Sabres? Are you kidding me? A lot of folks don't know this. But did you know that, that the state of New York has three hockey teams? You got the Buffalo ben. Sabres, the New York Rangers, and the New York Islanders. Anyone who says that the New Jersey Devils are even remotely close to being a part of a New York franchise are probably the same people who specifically ask for Pepsi at the family barbecue and make everybody uncomfortable. The Islanders were, were the greatest hockey franchise out there. They won four Stanley Cups in a row and then decided to take a big, wet dump on the entire community of Long Island <laughs> when, they, when they decided to fire Al, fire Al Arbor. Hey, when I say that that was the worst thing I have ever witnessed, I saw the movie Gili with Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck in theaters. Right? Now, they're out here pussyfooty trying to rebuild the franchise and act like nothing happened. Oh, you remember the, when they traded away John Tavares? Because I do. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm heated. I'm heated. I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is April Fools. Oh my oh. God! Who is this? Who, uh, wait, have you fooled all three times? Is this the guy that I got the bio for? I got like a post-it note with crayon all over it. Let's. You got a bio. Let's. Who's on the line, Tom? All right. I guess this is the bio for. Okay. Our next guest prefers not to say where he comes from, where he lives, how many children he has, and what schools they go to because of his profession. Our next guest is a professional prankster. Mm. Having pranked people from all over the world, in every nation, in every continent, even in the Arctic, where he convinced a group of scientists of the existence of a rare ninth species of penguins, the, one, <laughs> the only ones not to live in Antarctica. <laughs> Frankie Eschler, not to be confused with the artist M.C. Escher, but who also creates so-called impossible constructions in the form of unbelievably believable pranks. At one time a target of a CIA investigation, Frankie has a certificate program in pranking called Tricks Are the Trade and has been an award-winning writer for the Journal of Irreproducible Results or runner-up at least once. In his spare time, other than eluding the many people whose pride he is hurt, Frankie can be found enjoying time with his wife and three daughters who attend the local middle school and high schools in their herbal gardens behind their house at 243 Country Club Road in Batcave, North Carolina, zip code 28710. Uh, oh, sorry about that, Frankie. Frankie, welcome okay. to the Dr. Joe Show. You got us. You totally got us. <laughs> Good to be here. Good to be here, Dr. Joe. It's great. So, so you know, we're talking about the neuroscience and the evolution of pranking, but what, what is it like to be a professional prankster? You know, it's, it's, it's a lot like walking on hot coals. You know, it's very terrifying <laughs> to, you know, initially uh, uh, think about it, uh, but then once you're out there in the middle of the, uh, you know, hot coal bed, the only way you can look is forward, because if you go back, you're going to burn your feet. Wow, that, you know, I guess it's it truly is one step at a time in that way. How did you get into pranking to begin with, Pranky? At a very young age, um, I, I learned that I was able to uh, drop my crib 
uh, bar, and uh, probably around the age of two, I realized uh, when, when I could drop my crib bar and make my parents have to keep coming into my room to put the crib bar to crib bar, I did that for probably seven or eight years. <laughs> it was a very large that's, crib. That's It must have been a large crib, and by that time, you know, your parents, I, I, I'm so surprised. I, I just want to just ask uh, our professor, the conditioned response. I mean, do you think Pranky was conditioning his parents to come in? Sounds like he definitely was. I mean, conditioned responses are very basic in the child-parent interaction, and it sounds like Frankie was an expert on that early on. Yeah, it sure does. And um, and how how did you turn this into a profession? I mean, Frankie, I, I love the the. Uh, the one about the penguins. Uh, how does this become a profession? Who pays for this? Lavish billionaires. Uh, I, I, I won't. I won't. I won't name someone by the name uh, wh whose name rhymes with uh, Shark Muckerberg. Uh, had me on his uh, retainer. <laughs> wow. Is there a well, course that we could take? Like, how do we? How do we access this? Uh, this information. I'm, I'm working towards putting together a master class, uh, but uh, unfortunately, I have to to uh, make sure everyone signs NDAs beforehand because I don't like to show my face. Yeah, I think that I think that's very wise. Tell us about you know one of your pranks. Uh, did you do oh, any pranks this guys, today? Guys, my mom's calling. Oh, oh, hold on one sec. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Hello. Hi, Glenn. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hi. How you doing, Mom? Oh, great. The, I'm good. Waiting for the call. Everything's fine. Yeah. Just so you know, I got a, um, I got a little bit. I had this situation I was going to tell you about, and yeah. I really, honestly, I really need your support on this, which, which is, oh. it's and it's good news. Oh, good. So okay, so. You know, I, I've I've always liked math and been pretty good with that kind of stuff. Math? Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think here's here's what I'm thinking. It, it took me a while to come around to it because I do like my job as a professor, but I've always wanted to be, as you know, an accountant. And I actually applied to our. Oh, God. I, well, we have a great undergraduate program in accounting here, and. Because of my experience, I could even come in as a second semester freshman, so I'd only have three and a half years. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> what? Where the heck does this come from? So let me just ask you, the weird thing is nowadays for colleges, they actually want a letter of recommendation from a family member. <laughs> so uh, this is going to sound weird, but would you mind, would you mind helping me that way? A letter of recommendation for you to go to school to become an accountant? Yeah, what, what's wrong with that? Really? You're, a, you're a professor. You can't step down. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No, but like taxes, the tax season, what? April 15th. You, you need a brain adjustment. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to be rude, but you need a garbage adjustment. You know, answer it. Well, yeah, I, mean, I like you the letter. This is 
what you want. I know you have to follow your dreams, son, right? And I will let you follow your dreams, okay? Ma, you have you have no idea how much this means to me. <laughs> what do you go through? Like, what do they call it? Um, Middle-aged crazy? Ma, Ma 51. Yeah. I'm, come on, I'm not middle-aged yet. <laughs> Well, this interview has just gone completely off the rails here. So, all right, guys, I don't know what kind of stuff we're doing here, but I'm I'm, pull, I'm pulling this show back together here. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, you'll have some more on 95.9 FM WATD. Do not touch that dial. Home is where the heart is. And isn't that where you want your mom and dad to be in their twilight years? But with aging comes challenges. This is where senior helpers can play a major role in helping your loved one age in place. With offices in Norwell and Wellesley, Senior Helpers offers excellent in-home care. From health monitoring and meal preparation to transportation and personal care, mom and dad took good care of you. With services from Senior Helpers, now you can take good care of them in their own home. Contact Senior Helpers at 781-421-3123 or visit SeniorHelpersSouthShore.com. Senior Helpers for assisted living at home. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. The Benipotent Show here on Thursday nights, 7 o'clock, as always. And we are joined by our guest tonight, the Dr. Joe Show, who have been diving headfirst into the neuroscience of pr a pranking? Is that what's going on here, guys? I don't even understand what kind of shenanigans we're up to, but someone's got some explaining to do. Ben, thank you so much for having us on your show. Uh, we have heard such wonderful things about it, and we are just delighted to be here to talk with you about April Fools and what pranking really is all about. That's right. Um, we're we're just really really pleased to be with you. I've got Tom here, I've got Mark here and I've got uh, I don't know if you've ever met uh, Professor Glengarrow who's a professor up at New Paltz University. Oh, well, a friend of a friend is a friend of a friend. So welcome one and welcome all to the Benipotent Show right here. We're happy to have you guys as always. Like I said, every Thursday night, 7 o'clock. What is it? 8 o'clock now. That's the time we're on now. And uh, thank you, Dr. Joe, for bringing your whole crowd here. So tell me a little bit more about the, uh, the science behind pranking and why is this such an American mainstay? And we do have your phone guest as well. I believe uh, uh, Mr. Eastler, is that his name here? Yes, yes. Uh <laughs> Pranky, who is a professional prankster, um, who has who has been calling in uh, for specifically for this show tonight, Ben. Well, this this uh, is very nice. Now we are up against the last couple of minutes of the show here at this point. We've had a wonderful conversation. It's been off the walls, left, right, up, down, inside out, three miles away. Uh, but I want to I want to come back to the things I think I thought I heard before we went to our last commercial break. There was somebody talking to their mom. Yeah, I, I pranked my mom. You pranked your mom? Is she still on the line? No, I told her I told her I had to go. <laughs> okay, cool. Because some of the things I was hearing, man, I wasn't sure if we were on the same radio station or not. 
I'm glad to hear it. Dr. Joe, please don't let me interrupt the show anymore. Tell us a little bit more in our uh, last, uh, what do we got, three minutes already, the mainstay of pranking here in American society. Wrap it all up in a nice little bow in three minutes. Pranking? So Would you like to say anything about pranking in professional world? Oh, absolutely. So I, what you may not know is, is that, you know, uh, d d despite the you know uh, deepening divide up on the up on the hip uh, they, they, they when 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 the when the TV cameras are off, people are pranking each other left and right. I mean, it's it, it's it's chaos. It, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. In fact, I'm kind of proud of it to, to be honest. I mean, I do run a seminar at the local Marriott near the uh, airport down there, and and I, I'd probably say at least 98 percent of the uh, of the senators uh, attend weekly so that's probably the main majority of my um of my uh, uh income if i'm being honest well honesty is the key my friend and we appreciate your honesty here on the benipotent show on WATD. thank you so much for joining us tonight thanks so much for having me you're very welcome don't go anywhere and uh we are going to turn it over so dr joe you have your world famous news bits now with our last two minutes here we have uh we have WATD news uh live from WATD. And thank you very much, everybody, Ben. But, you know, it's a rare opportunity for us to be able to share the news with people. So let me just, uh, let me just read off what has just come off the hot press. Uh, WATD expands. WATD has taken over the ham radio station and handle of Timothy Fonsworth III. I could not be more thrilled to be associated with WATD, said Mr. Fonsworth, as he drove his 12-reel rig down Route 3. It's been a dream of my life. Ham radio, which is not allowed in most kosher delis, has been a favorite source of news for truckers all over the world. In related news, a new truck university has just opened up online to teach operators how to be ham radio aficionados. Called Truck U for short, the new virtual education facility uh, features such courses as holding your urine until the next pit stop and for whom the toll tolls an introduction to the easy pass. <laughs> Foxes and chipmunks have been seen cohabitating in parts of Duxbury, Massachusetts, Biologists from all over Massachusetts have descended on the small town, eager to see if their cohabitation is extended to mice, possums, and residents of Marshfield. Another worm tornado was landed on Cape Cod, attracting fishermen and bass for miles around. Cicada season is around the corner with billions of cicadas emerging after their 17-year hibernation. Many political groups are seeing if they can be registered to vote in the next election. Fake news is becoming more and more popular, or so we've been told. Not sure if that news is fake. Thank you from WATD and now to the news.